0: I thinking about a verse here in John in chapter ten. This chapter is Jesus speaks a parable about the shepherd and the sheep. And I was just thinking of some of the characteristics of of the sheep, because the Bible often talks about or Jesus talks about how we're supposed to be like sheep, and that Jesus himself described himself as a as a shepherd. And that the sheep would follow him and you would learn to listen to His voice and when we come to know Jesus our life as a Christian is we're supposed to be led by the Spirit of God many times in the Bible the scriptures say that we're supposed to be led by the Spirit and sometimes we don't always understand or maybe know what that looks like or we trust that God will show us but I, I believe there's a way that we can learn to hear the voice of, of the Lord and to hear the Spirit better and to learn to follow His voice and and it kind of lines up with some of the things that Andrew shared about being able to discern when you have a decision in your own mind that seems good to you, and deciding that you, you can't lean on your own understanding, but you have to acknowledge God and listen to His voice. And we know that if, if Lot would have heard the voice of the Lord and Abraham in the beginning, or Eve, they would have been spared from all that destruction and, and calamity that came because of their, they leaned on they were leaning on their own understanding and the same thing can happen to us as Christians we can be we're supposed to be sheep but we can still lean on our own understanding and we can be led by our own kind of thoughts and so being a sheep means we have to be willing to uh, die to our own will because sheep one of the things about a sheep is that it's 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 an animal that likes to follow and uh, it doesn't really it's not a strong self-willed animal like other animals Sheep are animals that they like to have a shepherd, and they will they will be loyal. When when there's a shepherd that takes care of it and is, and protects it and keeps it, it will learn to know the voice of the shepherd, and it will it will just give its life and follow it. And just the shepherd says, "Come here," and it will go here. And it says that you can even call the sheep by name, and it will recognize. Jesus said, "I call them by name, and they know my voice." And uh, so it's an interesting thing the way the Lord designed the nature of the sheep. And this is the one animal that the Bible says continually, this is how we have to be. <clears throat> so, and when we're His sheep and we follow Him, you know that there is tremendous uh, security and protection from God because that makes us, be, as His sheep, it makes Him a shepherd. And a shepherd will always lay its life down and protect the sheep. And the job of the shepherd is to protect the sheep from the other animals that would try and devour it, like a wolf, you know, or a bear. It. And for us, we know that our enemy is the devil. And what the Bible teaches us is that if we don't listen to the voice of the shepherd continually, if we're not in communion with them, the danger—there's a danger there, a real danger—where we can go astray, leaning on our understanding, and the enemy, as the wolf, can come and snatch us from that place and many people don't always recognize how that happens as Andrew sharing different examples and how it happened you know so suddenly like you know with a lot and all of a sudden not necessarily the next the moment but maybe years later or a time later that came by where all of a sudden they it says they were tormented day and night by the things they saw and the things they heard that's what it says you know that I think that can happen right now the things we see the things we hear can can vex our souls because sin is everywhere. And so God can actually spare us from things that we see and hear if we listen in advance. Because Abraham, he was able to hear God's voice and he had a heart of a sheep. He wanted to follow. And God, from the very beginning, it says God called Abraham to leave the place he was going, to leave his family to a place where he was going. And he didn't know where he was going, but he definitely heard a voice. So we can read these these passages and say, I don't, you know, I know that's in the Bible, and not that you he really hear his voice. I don't really hear his voice like that. But Abraham is a man like us, and, and this was even before the new covenant, before the Holy Spirit was poured out into our hearts. He was able to hear God's voice, and to me, that means that he had communion with God. I believe he was a man of prayer and a man that sought to do God's will. And if you seek to do God's will, God will reveal his, his voice to you and show you the way. And he did for Abraham. And he, whenever he made decisions, that time came when Lot and him had to separate. And he heard the voice of God. And he knew, let Lot decide. You surrender That's what he heard. And when he did that, you know what the voice he heard immediately after that? The voice he heard was, God said, now you lift up your eyes and look east and south and northwest. He said, I'm going to give you everything. Because he trusted the Lord, God spoke to him and said, "I'm going to, am going to give you now. Don't." In the New Testament, you know what that looks like. <clears throat> it looks like this. The Bible says, "Don't eagerly seek what you shall wear, what you shall eat, how you clothe yourself. Don't seek after that." That's what Lot did. He thought, "I got to feed my cattle. I got to feed my family. My wife want would like a nice home for herself." And he said, "I got to seek that." And so he went and he chose Sodom. And Jesus said, you shouldn't do that, because the Gentiles, that's what they do. Unbelievers, they, that's more, their whole life is wrapped around, got to get a career, get married, have a house, have some kids, plan some holidays, got to plan, do all these things. <clears throat> and so they eagerly pursue that. That's their whole ambition in life, because they don't serve God. They don't have any other ambition except for to live life to the fullest and then die. They have no perspective of eternal life. When we come to Jesus, we realize that we're still living, we have to eat, we have to work, we have to do all these things. But the Bible says that we're supposed to seek something else. And that is, seek His kingdom and His righteousness while we're here on earth. So everything is going to be pressing, all the pressures of life are going to be pressing us to seek our own desires and own ambitions. And then the Holy Spirit is going to show us and say, no, you don't seek after that. Seek my kingdom and I'll add those other things to you. Just like Abraham lifted up his eyes and said, I'm going to give you that. Because you didn't actually seek for it. I'm going to give it to you. And Jesus said, I'm going to give you the things you need. And he learned to listen to the Lord's voice. And I think the more he learned that, it was easier for him to surrender. And that's why he could go from the place of leaving his family to uh, releasing a beautiful land that could have been his, because he was the elder, to even releasing his own son. How could he hear a voice and think, that is from the devil, that's crazy, sacrifice my son? Because he learned it. He learned it from... Starting with, okay, separate yourself from this place. Your possessions here and all your, some of your relatives. And then he learned, okay, you got to surrender this. I know you would like a place for you, but that's not the place for you. I've got a better place for you. Now, your son. And he could hear this voice and he could learn, this is the Lord. I need to obey it. But when he heard the voice, it wasn't always uh, an easy thing. Oh yes, that's something i like to do. It was, I don't want to crucify this thing. He had to sacrifice his own son. But he must have believed it in his heart and heard that voice. And he, when he obeyed it, every time he obeyed, the Lord blessed him tremendously and exalted him. And so we can learn, the Bible says Abraham is a man of faith. And so we have to come to him in faith. Even James said if we're lacking wisdom and we're going through a situation, we have to believe that God is going to speak to us and show us what to do. He's going to give us wisdom if we need wisdom. If we don't know what to do and and. He's going to reveal to us. So when Jesus, one thing he said, his disciples, he said, now that I'm going away, they were all concerned and worried, because who are they going to follow? Because he was like the shepherd to them. And so they followed him everywhere, and they, he told them exactly what to do, and they were obedient sheep, and they just did exactly what he said. And so now he was leaving, and they felt like these orphans, and he said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. He said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he called him the Spirit of Truth. And the one thing he said in John 16 is that the Spirit of Truth will guide you into all truth. And he will reveal to you the things that I've said, everything that I've taught you. He's going to show you all these things. And so, when we come to Jesus, now Jesus is not standing in front of us, but we have the Shepherd and we have the Holy Spirit. And he's going to show us, just like he promised his disciples, where to go. He's going to guide us into perfect truth. And you know what it says about the Holy Spirit? It says he will not speak on his own initiative. It's an amazing thing. The Holy Spirit, when he speaks to us, he will not speak of, him, of himself, what he thinks. It says he will only speak the things that he hears from the Lord, from his Father, and from Jesus. And so everything that the Holy Spirit has heard, and that Jesus reveals, he's going to reveal that to us. Because the Spirit of God now, by faith, lives inside of us. And if we don't learn to live by the Holy Spirit and walk by the Spirit, we will walk by our own understanding and walk by the flesh, by nature. And so as I think about that, I think, you know, to live in the Spirit means we have to have fellowship with God and have a time of uh, listening. Because the only way we can learn the voice of the shepherd is to listen. And Jesus was the perfect example for us because He listened constantly. When He was on earth, He had to be like a sheep. Uh, to his father. He was a shepherd, but he also was a sheep, because I want to show you a verse here in uh, in John chapter 5. John 5 verse 30. It's an interesting verse. You know, Jesus, he always said he was one with the Father, you know, I and the Father are one, and the Father was in him, and he was, it was like he had perfect communion. He was one with the Father. And he is our example. This is how we ought to live in communion with God. So Jesus said this in verse 30, the exact same thing he said about the Holy Spirit. He said, I can do nothing on my own initiative. So think about how Jesus lived on earth. He lived like this constantly. I can do nothing on my own initiative. I don't do anything of myself. He could have. Because he said, you know, Lord, if it's possible, take this cup. Not my will, it will be done. So, how did he live that way? Where he lived in a way where he did nothing of his own kind of impulses. Do you? It's just natural for us to do things of our own impulses. Just have a thought and just do it. Or do we just wait a minute? That's my own initiative. Like, Father, what am I? What do you want me to do? And so, this is what he, he said. He said, "As I hear, I judge." In this case, he was how to how to make a decision. Judging is like making a decision, right? So should I do this or should I do that? I don't know. I judge this is the best decision. That that's the best. Decision. Sometimes judgment is looks different differently. But Jesus had to make decisions. And so here he was judging the situation and there was people there and he was saying, look, my decisions, my judgments are, are just, they're right. Just means to do what's right. I make right decisions. Why? Because he's hearing and he said I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. That is the heart of a sheep. It is listening to know what is my shepherd asking me to do. And Jesus never did what he, he wanted to do himself. He only did what his father asked him to do. And he learned that by listening to his voice. So this encourages me because that, that means that I can learn to listen to his voice also. Because Jesus said we're supposed to follow him. And I can hear the voice of the Lord to help me and to know decisions and the judgments I need to make for righteousness. And the Holy Spirit is the one who will guide us into all truth. And He's not going to speak of Himself. He's only going to tell us what the Lord wants us to hear. And you know, a good way to start is learning the Word of God. The good news is we have a bit of a road map because we have the Scriptures and we have in the Scriptures here the commandments of God. We also have kind of testimonies of men of God and witnesses. So as we read this, we learn when I read the Bible, I learn of the character of God. I've learned you can learn of the fear of God by reading the Bible. You can learn of the humility of Jesus. You can learn of the gentleness of Christ. You can learn of the compassion of Jesus. You can learn of uh, his hatred for sin um, and his his uh, wrath against you know hypocrisy and, and you know, different things. When you read this, you can get a, a glimpse, a kind of the attitude of God towards things that you. Because in our own mind, we would think, you know, to say to someone that says, uh, Jesus, I'd like to follow you wherever you go. Um, just let me go say goodbye to my family. Well, as, I, as a Christian, I would say, yeah, you know, you should say goodbye and then come follow me. When I read the scripture, Jesus said, uh, anyone who puts his hand to the plow looking back is not fit for the kingdom. So, in other words, if you go say goodbye to your family, you can't come follow me. I would say, that's not Jesus, that's not a Christian thing to say. And you say, well, that's what Jesus has said, right? One person said, let me bury my my, fa- my father, and he said, let the dead bury the dead. And you think that's not how that's not a Christian thing. That Jesus would never say that. If I were to say those things and they were written in the Bible, you would think I'm a her- heretic. But they are written in the Bible, so you can't say that because those things are there. And you think, well, that that is pretty serious. What is he saying? Is he saying you can't do these things? There's a time to talk to your family and stuff. Well, what he's saying is. When the time is now, and the Holy Spirit calls you, come now, follow me. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. We can't be second guessing and say, just, the guys who were invited to the, to the banquet, say, yeah, yeah, you know, we can't come right now, we're, just, we're busy with some things. And Jesus said, no, now is the time to come. If you don't come now, you can't eat in my my dinner. And so it seems like the ways of God are so different from our thoughts. The ways of a man seem right in his own eyes, but it's the Lord who weighs the most. He's the one that searches the heart. So when, I, when we read the scriptures, we get a little understanding of the Lord's attitude about the kingdom of God. And as you read more and you seek that, and it, you start to feel the promptings of the Spirit more. Lord, do you want me to do this? A conviction comes. No, I don't want you to walk that way. I want you to, to follow me here. <clears throat> but that seems really hard, Lord. That just, nobody will understand that. They'll, I would be rejected by people. Yes, you will be. But you'll be precious and chosen in my sight when you do that, because it's what I want you to do, and you might even be rejected for it. There were some people that were in the synagogues and they believed in Jesus, but they were afraid that if they followed Jesus, that people would reject them and they might even get kicked out of their church. And so they, because it says they love the praises of men more than the praises of God. And it was a test for them to see whether they'd be willing to listen to the voice that they heard they knew this man is telling the truth. It's like that centurion when he saw Jesus on the cross, he said, Surely this is the Son of God. He was the guy putting him up on the cross, putting the spear in him, or whatever he did. He thought he saw all the witnesses and he knew this is the Son of God. And the other thief, there's two thieves on the cross, and one guy he said, Don't you don't you even recognize that this man's done nothing wrong? here we are condemned. He's a king and he began to testify. This this is you are the son of God. He knew. He knew that there's something about him that was true. And so we can see these things and say, and these people saw Jesus and they knew it's true. But then they thought, yeah, but what will people think if I have a life change like this? Like, what will they think about us? And they were too scared because they had this love of the praises of men. And then the Holy Spirit shows you, oh man, I care more about what people think than about what God thinks. And you get convicted. And so you read the testimonies and the scriptures and you start to understand more and more how to follow his voice like a sheep. And you say, Lord... I want to learn to hate, as it says Jesus, hate lawlessness and love righteousness. I want to learn how to be obedient, not just compromise with sin. You know, like a little worldliness is okay. Like to be a friend of the world is okay sometimes. But Jesus says it's hatred towards God to be a friend of the world. No, now I have a problem because I feel like I'm a little bit of a friend of the world, but then I'm supposed to be a sheep and I'm supposed to not love the things of the world, but I'm supposed to love God. And now. I have to listen to his voice. What am I supposed to do? And so Jesus, he lived this way, constantly living, listening to his Father, and that's why, when the, when people came to make him a king, you know, he could, his flesh probably thought, maybe, maybe am I supposed to be king now? And then the Lord said, no, you're not. Now's not the time. This is not how you're going to do it. Getting honor from men. now. no, my way is the way of the cross. I will exalt you. And he could learn no, and he just walked right through these people, and he said, it's not the time for me to be king. And you could have thought, man, I just gave a good sermon and I healed people and everybody wants to, maybe this is the way. And he, he knew immediately, no, this is, I have to put it to death. It's not the time. Because he learned that. And so, because the Bible says that Jesus learned obedience to the things he suffered. So the way one of the ways we learn obedience, because if we never listen to those convictions and obey them, we won't suffer. But if we listen to the convictions and we start to take steps, of obedience to put to death, my own desires, my own initiatives and impulses, then I learn obedience because there's going to be a suffering there. And it's every day for me and every day for us. And we either draw closer to God or we become distant. Now, I want to read in John 10 uh, a promise here that we've heard before. but <clears throat> It's twofold. It's, it's kind of like protection from God, but also a warning that we can be Snatched by the enemy. <clears throat> so listen to uh, what Jesus said in John 10 here. Okay, so these people were questioning Jesus. They were wondering if he was the Christ because he was doing signs and wonders and they were thinking, is he really the Son of God or is he some guy, an imposter, breaking the Sabbath and doing different things and so Jesus said to them in John 10, verse 26, He said, You do not believe because you are not of my sheep. Jesus told them straight out, the reason that you're having a problem, you know, isn't it interesting how if people, if some people don't want to receive the word of God, they don't want to receive correction or the truth, it shows that they're not His sheep. Their hearts are hardened. Either the Lord has to break them, to bring them to repentance, or they'll, their hearts are hardened, they're not as sheep. He said, the reason you can't believe The things I'm saying is because you're not my sheep. Because you can't actually hear my voice. It's not ringing truth in you. You're resisting me. You have a religious heart. And so, he said in verse 27, My sheep, all my sheep, they hear my voice. And I know them. It's like you can meet somebody and you can share truth with them and they receive it. They don't resist it. And and there's fellowship. And you know, I there's a brother or a sister in Christ. Because it's bearing witness that they believe this is the Word of God, and you can have fellowship with that person. And someone who you could be a friend with, I had some friends that I was close friends with, and I would try and share some scriptures with them that, that the Lord was showing me. And they like, yeah, they said, I know, but come on, man. like, what is it, What about do as the Romans do? And they would say to me, and, and uh, different things, you know. But it was like, I realized it's not fellowship here. They're not really wanting to be sheep. And these are Christian, professing Christians, some of them. And I would share things, but they just didn't, couldn't hear it. And they, I was like, how come they don't understand this? It's like, the Bible. And they're like, no, doesn't make Come on, you're going too far. And so Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. The characteristic of a sheep is they follow him. They can't say that they're a sheep and not obey and follow him, like Abraham did. And this is what he promises those who follow him. I give eternal life to them. The ones who listen to his voice get eternal life. Nobody else gets it. If we're not sheep and we don't know his voice and follow him, we can't expect to receive eternal life. And he said, The sheep shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. So, does that mean that when I say I believe in Jesus, I'm a sheep and no one can ever take me from his hand? Does that mean that? We have to read carefully. Verse 27 again. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. And what do they They do one thing to be protected. There's only one thing they do. They follow him. And what did Jesus say about a disciple? If anyone wants to be a disciple, he must pick up his cross and deny who? Deny himself. His own initiative himself. And follow him. So what does it mean to follow him in that scripture? It means to deny yourself, your own desires to do. Today I want to do what I want to do. The sheep will hear the voice of Jesus and deny themselves. That is what it means to follow Jesus and follow him. And when you follow him, the promise is you get eternal life and the devil can't snatch you from his hand because you're following the shepherd. Now just think of it, it's a very natural, natural parable. It's, if the sheep always follow the shepherd, if a wolf comes... He'll take out his staff. He'll chase him down. Or a sling. David had, he was a shepherd. And when a bear came, or a lion, you know what he did? He took a rock, or he took a sling, whatever he took. Or his bare hands, and he wrestled them down. Because the sheep were there. And he thought, I'm not going to lose one of them. But if if one of those sheep went running away, he's done. Because there's no one to protect him. So as long as we follow Jesus, and we follow his word, the devil can never deceive us. Or snatches from his hand. So there's security. There is an eternal security that's for these sheep because they follow Christ. But the moment we don't listen to him and follow him, you know what happens? Well, verse 12, it tells us very clearly. He who is a hireling, a hireling is somebody who's hired to do a job, that's not really uh, the owner of the sheep, or he really doesn't really care. It's like a substitute teacher kind of example. <clears throat> or like someone who comes and substitutes a pastor, but he doesn't really care. He's just there to get paid, because he has to preach a message, and he doesn't really care for the flock, what happens to them. So a shepherd, like a hireling, is someone they'd hire, and he'd come in there and say, okay, I've got to watch the sheep for a day. And then all of a sudden, this guy's thinking, you know, I'm getting paid 8 an hour whatever, he's getting paid, and then the, a wolf shows up, a couple of wolves, he's he's thinking, ah, what, eight fifty? 50 it's not worth it, I'm out of here, and he runs, throws his staff, and just runs as fast as he can, to escape, and meanwhile the wolves just mow down all the sheep, that's a hireling. A true shepherd, he thinks, these are my sheep, if I lose these sheep, I lose my lively, livelihood, I care, I love them, I, I don't just, it's not just about my livelihood, it's actually, I, I know them by name, I'm like, they're like my friends, you know there's intimacy, and so they would. A true shepherd would lay his life down. It says in verse 15. And that's what Jesus did. So then, when a hireling is there, it says he's not the owner of the sheep. That's the definition of a hireling. He beholds a wolf coming and leaves, and flees, and uh, leaves the sheep and flees. And listen to what happens here. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. So you see that word there, snatch. Do you know that that is the exact same word used in verse 28 when it says no one will snatch his sheep out of his hand. So there you can see that there's his sheep in verse 28. Nobody can snatch those sheep. Why? Because they're following the sheep. In verse 20, in verse 12, the same. Those are sheep there, but they're actually not. These are sheep that uh, have somehow they got caught under a hireling and listening to some other voice, and the hireling. Uh, there they followed him, and now the wolf got a hold of them. He snatched those sheep. So how did those sheep get snatched? You know, if they were following a true shepherd, they probably wouldn't have gotten snatched. Because later, earlier on, it says, verse 5, it's, or verse 4 here, it says, um, when he puts forth all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, because they know his voice. So the reason we follow Jesus is because we can learn his voice. And it's good for us to know that we can hear the voice of God. When you're praying about something and you don't know what to do, you just quote this promise. My sheep, they follow follow him and they know his voice. Lord, I'm supposed to know your voice. I can can expect to hear hear it. I can expect to hear what you're going to say. And you know what? It also says, a stranger, they simply will not follow. So some strange person comes. This is where Jesus, you know who he was talking about here specifically? He was talking about these Pharisees, and uh, look at verse 40. Those of the Pharisees who were with them. heard these things and said, We are not blind too, are we? If you were blind, Jesus said, you would have no sin because you say we see your sin remains. And then he told this parable. I mean, who, who do you think he was talking to? Who do you think those, false, uh, those strangers were and those hirelings were? It was the Pharisees. That's who it was. He was telling the parable to them. And so a stranger, <clears throat> and he said, they simply will not follow, but they will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. And look at verse 6. In this figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they didn't understand that those things, which were, he, uh, which, those things were which he had been saying to them. So clearly he was talking to these Pharisees about this. And he made this point that when a stranger comes, they, they can tell this is not the voice of the Lord. This is something else. And they run away from that voice. That voice can be your own voice. Here it's in the case of someone who's preaching a gospel. Maybe that's a religious gospel or something else. But it can be my own thoughts. It could be the voice of my friend or my neighbor. Or a relative. It can be a voice just like Abraham heard. Remember how Abraham heard it? It was his wife at one point. At one point his wife said, This is what you need to take Hagar. And he's heard the voice. And he didn't, he didn't question. He didn't... About, you just thought, I don't see any results. God made him a promise. I'm going to give you a son. And you didn't see it happening right away. Sometimes it doesn't happen right away. And you think, okay, well it must be happening this way. So I'm going to do this. And you you know, there's a little check in your spirit. Because usually God's faithful. You know, it's happened to me before. And you press through it. And you do it anyways. And then you're hoping, that it's, you're hoping it's God. So you're going to give it a try. And then later on you look back and you realize, I knew it wasn't the Lord. I knew I didn't have peace. And I just went ahead with it. And that's listening to another voice. And Abraham got tested with that, and then he got troubles. But the sheep will all learn and hear the voice of the Spirit. <clears throat> and when they hear something that's not right, that says they flee. They run away. Sometimes that happens. You're in a situation, you get up and you walk away. You walk out. It's not the voice, not, that's not from the Lord. Because it's not it's a strange voice. And we need to learn to listen to his voice. And if we don't know it's as clear as we are, then we can ask God to teach us, to listen, and spend time, maybe spend more time in prayer, because you know, even the disciples said, Lord, you know, teach us how to pray. We don't know how to communicate very well with God, and Jesus would teach them. And then he promised them one thing. You know what he promised them when he, they asked him how to pray? He said, he promised them to, see, to seek the Holy Spirit and he would come. In Luke chapter 11, let's just <clears throat> finish with that. Because here's one way that we can learn to not do things of our own initiative, but by the Holy Spirit. So let's say you want to help somebody. This is an example Jesus gave. Say you have a friend coming over and you you would like to really help them and bless them. And, and you think, well, how am I going to help this person? Well, you can try and do it of your own strength, or you can go and ask for help, ask God to help you. So if you do something of your own initiative, without the power of the Holy Spirit, you can do try and accomplish a lot, but it won't have any impact, the same as when you get grace from the Holy Spirit to do it. So that's another thing about when you're a sheep, is you are dependent on your on the shepherd. So Luke 11, Jesus said this. Suppose, in verse 5, listen to this. He said, suppose one of you shall have a friend, and he shall go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. So this is an example of when you don't... I have a little comment here. It says, limited resources. <laughs> so maybe those people, whatever that is for you. He says, I don't, I don't have the ability to do this. Maybe you have to make a meal and you're thinking, I don't know what to do. Or maybe you have, you know, you're supposed to share with somebody and go for coffee. And you're like, I don't know what to share with this person. What am I supposed to share with them? You feel like you have nothing. Or some area, I have to serve this person. I want to go and serve. I don't know how to help them. So he's thinking, what do I do? Well, this man, he had a friend, and he didn't know what to do. So he went to his neighbor, and he said, I need some bread. And he said, from the inside, they responded, look, don't bother me. The door has been shut. My children and I are in bed. I can't give you anything. So it seems like, well, looks like it's not happening. So I'm going to have to go to the corner store or go for a drive or whatever, trying to figure out how to do it, right? Abraham thought, oh, well, maybe my wife has got some good advice, Maybe I should do that. Sometimes it doesn't always happen. But this is what Jesus is teaching us from this parable, is that when we want to listen to the Holy Spirit, sometimes you have to spend time asking and asking and waiting. Waiting and asking. That's the one thing we learn about waiting for the Holy Spirit. Because it's a test to see if you trust God or if you lean on your own understanding. To me, that's one thing that I seek from the Scriptures that I'm, that I'm learning and I've learned, is that I have to... Wait on God. Necessarily won't, won't come right away, but I believe, I do believe that when I ask, to keep asking, God's faithful. I see that in the scripture. So, verse 8 says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he's his friend, you think, Oh, it's my friend, you know, they're gonna help me. Yeah, you can have a best friend, but when they're tired and they're they're to, okay. <laughs> they're in bed with their children, what does the shoes us? There's only so much you can ask from someone. And they say, That's it. But then this man is so persistent. He keeps knocking and keeps. And finally, it's not because of his loyalty or because of kindness. It's because, man, I can't sleep. The guy's pounding on the door. I gotta do something. (laughs) This is a parable of how we're supposed to come to God. So, because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. God says, man, that that brother, he just doesn't relent. He's still asking for wisdom about that situation. (laughs) That sister still needs grace help. She doesn't give up. Fine, I'll give it to her. <laughs> Fine, I'll give it to him. Just he keeps asking and asking. That's what Jesus is saying. I say you ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open. That means you keep asking. I think someone said. I think I have it. Uh, yeah, I have it right here. Is a note. The Greek context. From what it says here is more continual. Keep asking. Keep knocking. It's like a continual, you you don't give up. So, <clears throat> this is a test of your faith, isn't it? Because have you ever had a hope for something and it didn't seem to pan out? And then you're asking God or thinking, well, he's going to give me some wisdom or understanding or help or direction. And, but did you keep asking? Did you keep seeking? Did you keep waiting on God? Everyone who asks receives, Jesus said. That's a promise. Everyone who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Suppose one of you... He's a father and he has a son and his son asks for fish. He's not going to give him a snake. What's that showing us? It shows us that when we pray to our Heavenly Father that God is good. That's the logic of this. Is that God loves us the way a father loves a son. And if I come to him for something good I'm not asking for something that's just selfish. Or Yes, if you delight yourself in the Lord the Lord gives you the desires of your heart. But if you're asking for something that you know is really God's desire and will for you, especially if you know it's His will, the Bible says whatever you ask according to will, you will will receive. This shows us that when we come to God, we know He's a loving Father, that He wants to give us good things. Whether it's a son that's asking for fish or an egg, it says in comparison to a father who can be evil, have evil thoughts and just sin, it says, if we're evil and know how to give good gifts to children, how much more will our Heavenly Father give Holy Spirit to those who ask? So what do you think it is that we should be asking for the most? The most, the things that we should ask for. <clears throat> Jesus is telling His disciples, this is His teaching on prayer, right? You want to learn how to pray? Communicate with the Father so that you don't lead on your own initiatives? Ask, come and pray. Keep Be persistent and ask for the Holy Spirit. That's something I'll give you. Like a father gives good gifts to his children I will give you the more of his Holy Spirit. Because we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. means we can receive more of the Holy Spirit. We can be filled up. And we can hear the, the voice of the Spirit. The more we seek it, the more we can receive. Jesus said, if we believe in him, if we really believe in the out of our innermost being will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke concerning the Spirit of God. <clears throat> so I know that as much as it depends on me, If I really want to listen and hear His voice and be led by the Spirit of God, it really depends on how much I press in and seek the Lord and ask for the Holy Spirit. If I'm not asking and seeking, and I expect to just really know God's direction in my life and be useful, I'm deceiving myself. I have to be like that guy, just pounding on the door, just, Lord, I need help. Sometimes I've been like this, I'm like, I don't know what. It just might be going to a team challenge, and I say, Lord, I don't know what to say. I feel like I've been there for six months now, and I, I can... So many things. I talk to them about, <clears throat> but Lord, I need your help to give something. There's a new guy today, or maybe there's, it's the same guy for six months. I don't know. <clears throat> but I need your help. I need your help in this situation. Or maybe you're at work and you're like, man, I don't know how to solve this problem. So many testimonies we've had. It's, it's like, what do I do? Lord, I'm going to call on your name because it just seems impossible. It seems like this is going to take me two days or to solve this problem. And so you pray, and then the Lord all of a sudden... And is done. I remember one specific time for me, uh, I got the phone call, it was just a major problem. <clears throat> and I was like, oh no, I started panicking, stressing out. And uh, immediately a thought came, you know, you, you could pray about this, but I thought, no, I, I, I don't have time to pray. I got to get on the phone, I got to make that phone call because there's an emergency situation. I thought, I had a decision, it was so quick. I was like, do I make the phone call or do I spend, you know, a few minutes, even five minutes? in prayer. I thought, that's wasting time. What if the boss calls back in the five minutes and so do you hear back? Uh, Sorry, I've been praying. He's not going to accept that. But I thought, no, God knows. And I just decided I'm going to pray about this. And I remember I just knelt down there or whatever I did, I I started to pray. Well, after I was done praying, the phone did ring. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Who is it? I pick up the phone and the person said, you know what? The problem got resolved. And I, I could have thought, yeah, well, just coincidence. No, I knew. It's because I prayed, the Lord had showed me. Because you prayed about that. I allowed situations to happen that you don't have to worry about. It's all done. I'm not saying that's going to happen every time for you, but I remember specifically it was like a decision. It was like the Lord showing me, you can take these things to me, or you can do it all yourself. You get to choose. And so if you lean on the Lord like that, and everything you do, the Lord is going to give you help. And the Holy Spirit is the helper and he helps us to make good decisions, to solve problems we can't solve, to do things we can't do. When Solomon was in the position of becoming king, one thing we know about him that God was pleased with is that he asked God for help. He said, Lord, I'm but a youth. I don't even know how to lead these people. Help me. Give me wisdom so I can lead them in the right way as a shepherd leads the sheep. God said, because you asked, there's going to be no one like you in the whole earth that's going to get wisdom like you and all wisdom. That's how good God is to us.